Welcome into the student section, season two, episode 11. Matt Murphy, Tom Scabelli, Dan DiOrio back with you. A good show today. We'll take a look back at a crazy week that was in the world of college basketball. We will look ahead like we did all last season once the season got going, and then we will update you. I know you're all dying to know how our starting five squads are doing because it's been more than a week since we picked those squads and had a special guest James Decker on the show and we might wrap up the show with a little bit of talk about the three-on-three tournament that's been in the news that will take place at the final four this year if we have time for that but before we jump into the crazy week that just happened in the college basketball landscape we took another week off but you know college basketball players lots of them across the country dealing with finals right now and college basketball podcasters as well got some stuff on our plate so we're back and we've got a loaded show for today. Yeah, I mean, it's been a slow sort of little few weeks, couple weeks for college basketball, and nothing could compete with that Thanksgiving week that we had a a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, there still have been some good games, a lot of upsets, uh, especially last week. And, you know, this week, like you said, is a little bit of a lull, but we're almost ready for conference action, and we can expect things to pick back up again. Yeah, but, Dan, we just had that huge week with all the upsets, so if there was a sort of lull now, this would be the right time for us to jump back into it. Absolutely. This is the perfect time to cover all the action. Five of the top ten teams being knocked off or losing this week. Pretty pretty crazy week for college basketball and some teams still undefeated emerging as teams that we did not originally think were going to be this uh, this good. Arizona State for one, but I'm sure we'll touch on that later on. But definitely a lot of surprises coming thus far and this Tom, season. And Tom brought up the PK-80, which we touched on last, I guess, was that last episode? Yeah, when we talked episode. with Decker, uh, which seems like so long ago now at this point. I'm actually, a side note, I'm actually working on... De- getting a guest from one of the teams that was in the PK-80, a guy that I played freshman basketball with in high school. So for our true fans out there, you guys can do your research and try to figure out who that might be from the PK-80 tournament. But for right now, let's stick with a look back at last week. Florida lost twice. Kansas lost twice. Duke obviously lost as the number one team in the nation to Boston College. And Notre Dame and Texas A&M also went down. So that's a ton of losses, a lot of places to start. I want to start with Florida because they lost not only to Florida State, a team that Tom and I saw in person this year down in Jamaica against Fordham, but also to Loyola, Chicago. So Florida, a team that was the darling of the beginning of the season, had a really rough week. That was the second two of three straight losses. They did bounce back with a win over Cincinnati, right? But that three-game stretch, including Florida State and Loyola, Chicago, was rough for the Florida Gators and Mike White. Yeah, I mean, the first loss was to Duke in the PK-80, so that wasn't too bad of a loss, and they hung with Duke. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people after that game were thinking, oh, this Florida team's legit, especially offensively. Then Florida State, a 17-point loss. I mean, Florida State is a team, I know they've crept now into the top 25 rankings, that we said after we watched them, we're like, I can actually see this team stealing And they haven't. We saw them with Kumaji, the 7-4 center. They haven't even had him for this run into the top 25, but... MJ Walker's a star freshman who gets some minutes for them. CJ Walker, their starting point guard, is a very good player, and they've got Terrence Mann, obviously, is doing some good scoring for them. They're a team I I like to watch. Yeah, we thought after losing three of their big scores from last year, they'd take a step back, but, you know, not at all. So, got to keep an eye on them. But, yeah, then Florida and that loss to Loyola, Illinois was just, I mean. Loyola, Chicago, I think, right? Yeah, Loyola, Chicago. In, In Illinois. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is this is a tough a tough uh, test for Florida. I mean, obviously they were probably winded coming off the PK eighty. They hung with Duke, only losing by three. But you got to look at it like 
though that's a huge test for a team for that for this Florida team to be in a PK 80 and then following it up with undefeated Florida State unfortunately they lost but you know what Florida State still undefeated could be the team in Florida to watch I know obviously everyone was hot on the Gators especially after a pretty good PK 80 performance despite the loss but I don't think there's there's reason to be concerned I think Florida you know obviously a little exhausted and I think they're going to be bounce, they're going to bounce back, and I think they're going to be a factor later on in the season. And then everyone's talking about once Florida gets one or two of their post players back too to full health, they'll be more well rounded and be able to do a little bit more damage. So they're mostly guard oriented right now. Let's talk about Duke losing to Boston College because it's the first time this season that the number one team in the nation has gone down, and really it was the defensive end. This Duke team can score; it's just they couldn't get stops in a game at. Boston College. Dan, you were at Boston College's arena this year that and yeah, saw the was, men's team take down Duke. I it was it was very interesting because we were talking about this before the show started. It seems like every year BC either knocks off a top ACC team or they at least give them a run for their money. I remember watching Syracuse versus Boston College in high school. Every time an away team goes into the Conti form, it is not it is not a, a you can't take those games off. BC historically a bottom feeder in the in the ACC. Do not sleep on Boston College. I think that they uh, they they turned a lot of heads with that win. Eight and three. This is a new BC team. I don't think that this team is going to be you know a bottom feeder like we've seen in years past. Yeah, I mean I think the big takeaway from that game is that Duke's defense could be a cause of concern. They allowed yeah. fifteen made three pointers to Boston College early on. Uh, against the five best opponents they've played. They've allowed the opponents to make 54% of their shots from inside the arc, so their rim protection hasn't been great. They're allowing threes. They're going to score better probably than any team in the country, but I mean, we've seen with past Duke teams in the recent years when their defense isn't up to form. then And they, depth, too. A little yeah, bit right. of a lack of depth with this Duke team. I don't feel comfortable. I mean, if, you, if you're talking down the road in the tournament, I know Duke often, and a lot of the Blue Bloods often have a lot of freshmen, but when I was just thinking back to the PK-80, I know we've talked about it a lot, when they played Mo Bamba in Texas, and you see the overtime with five freshmen on the floor, it's just, it worries me that on any given day in the tournament, I mean, Duke is susceptible because they're so young. I mean, I don't think, I think right now, if I had to say, they're still my favorite to win the national championship, but it kind of it showed a little bit the lack of depth a little bit in that Boston College I, game. I couldn't agree more because the the most recent teams that we've see, seen win the national championship have all been super great defensive teams, and Duke has is not at that point yet. So I think if they're going to make a deep run in March, they need to really work on their defense. Obviously, Grayson Allen too. I talked about their five freshman lineups, but right. Grayson Allen, if unless he fouls out, is going to be out there in pressure spots. Well, with, with Grayson Allen, Marvin Bagley, and Duval, I think they're top heavier than they've ever been like I think their best three are better than their big three since maybe the Jill Okafor year when they right. won the national yeah. championship but you know like we said that that can only go so long if one of those guys gets in foul trouble early or something then you're really you have a lack of depth a lack of experience so you know Duke I think is still the most talented team in the country but you know like they have been in past years they're a team that with their lack of defense with their lack of depth they're susceptible to an early round exit right and Bagley is just so so yeah, good yeah unbelievable <laughs> Uh, I don't want to skip over a couple of these other top 10 losses from the past week, but we'll just somewhat breeze over them. Notre Dame losing to Ball State kind of makes sense. I mean, they beat Wichita State early in the year, but they're back in the area of the rankings that I think most people thought Notre Dame would be at after that loss to Ball State. And Texas A&M losing to Arizona. Dan, you have Arizona in the starting five. That's not a horrible loss for Texas A&M, especially considering 
the rest of their body of work this year. I still like Texas A&M and their post players. Texas A&M is going to be a factor. Do you have them too? I do not. I was last year. I picked prematurely last year, but... Like their first game of the season, they won by 22 points to West Virginia. Yeah, that's the one game that I'm highlighting. Even though they have now this loss to Arizona, right. they kind of cancel each other out. And the West Virginia win it, looks good because West Virginia has rolled off all wins since then. The Arizona loss isn't a bad loss at all. Like Arizona oh, no. was a no. top three team not no. too long ago. I know they struggled a little, but at Arizona, that's a game you should almost be expected to lose. I think the casual fan just looked at it and said, hey, I heard Arizona was having a bad start to the yeah, season. Right. Oh, they beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M must have been a fluke to start the season. No, right. no. Well, yeah, and Arizona's a team that has really turned it around since their poor start. So, uh, again, not not a surprising loss at all. But Texas A&M still very dangerous team. I think they're going to be great later on the season. And the last thing before we move on and maybe look ahead to one or two games in just the next couple of weeks and outlook in general, Kansas, the other team that was in the top ten that is coming off two losses in the past week, they lost to Washington and Arizona State. Now, Arizona State, obviously, the better of those two yeah. losses and because they have had an unbelievable start to the season. But Kansas just doesn't have the interior presences that they've had in years past. And I know they have the big-time guard names with Graham and Svee and uh, Malik Newman. But Gerald Vick. if they can't get on the glass, they're a team that, might not be a top five team in the country, and they've dropped out of the top uh, ten, I think, in the AP poll. Yeah, they're they're down to thirteen. They're a team that's kind of like Duke, where they're not very deep at all. I mean, look at their top five guys: Devonte Graham's a Player of the Year candidate, LeGerald Vick, who I, I've mentioned quite a few times. I think he's going to be one of the most improved players in the country. Has been so far, averaging almost nineteen points per game. Svee has been really good, especially from three, but he's gone a little bit cold there recently. Malik, Malik Newman is improving. Their only really big guy inside is, and I still, it's hard to say his name, Uduko Azubuke. He's averaging 14 <laughs> points. Nailed it. 14, yeah. I think I nailed it. 14.7 boards a game, but he's really their only guy inside. And then you look, so all those five guys averaging at least five points per game. Then you've got Mitch Lightfoot and Marcus Garrett who are averaging just 4.7 points per game. So it's a steep drop-off after that big five for Kansas. Definitely a lot of uh, hard to pronounce names on the Kansas team. So, but they'll be getting um, Billy Preston back. Hope well, maybe. Uh, who, who's a top recruit? He had a, a driving incident, which has kept him out. But once Billy Preston does get back, I think he's going to help Kansas a lot. Yeah, yeah. Ca- I, I like to see Kansas get better. I know I keep saying this is like a reoccurring theme, but I think these teams are going to continue to get better. Kansas and Bill Self is a team that does not disappoint in the Big 12 uh, conference play or even the Big 12 tournament. So, I mean, definitely worrisome loss to Washington. Arizona State losses, you know, what are you going to do? And we can use that Arizona State loss to now look ahead because after all those crazy results in recent time in college basketball, we can talk about what's next kind of. And I think a lot of people are looking at Arizona State in the what's next department because right now they have skyrocketed. They're 9-0, and they're 5th in the country right now, and I know, I think ESPN has them number one overall in their power rankings ahead of Villanova and Michigan State, and Trey Holder is an awesome scorer. Their big win this year, outside of the 10-point win over Kansas, is giving Xavier their only loss, 102-86 a couple of games back. Dan, I know you you love Xavier. A lot of people love Xavier this year. That was a home game for Arizona State, or I think it was a neutral site game in Las Vegas. I'll, I'll double-check that now once you guys get going, but that was Xavier was number fifteen at it, that point. It was point. a neutral site game, yeah. But again, like, can't, um, excuse me, Arizona State has yet to disappoint offensively. 
Each one of their wins, except for two, so seven of their nine wins, they've scored more than 90 points. That's almost like NBA scoring. That's rare to see that in college that consistently. And when you put up 102 points on Xavier, I don't think that you know. I don't think that Xavier had a chance. You got You got to find a defensive stop and a, a way to stop Arizona State. You can't yeah. let them score that much. I say Trey Holder you mentioned and Shannon Evans too, who joins him in that backcourt. That could be the best guard duo in the entire country. And like we said, maybe they don't have as many great scorers inside, and maybe their defense is a little bit susceptible. They're sort of middle of the road right now. But the fact that their offense is so good, and we know how much guard play means come March, uh, they're a team that. I think we're going to be talking about all season long. I do think, though, that it almost seems like they're due for a loss soon. Like we've seen it. Like we saw Florida kind of surge up to up to the top of the rankings. But it's probably not going to be Vanderbilt. It's probably not going to be Vanderbilt in a couple of days, and then they don't play really anybody until the conference opener. I just feel like this year the story college basketball has been a team kind of surging and being like, oh, everyone gets once everybody gets on the team's bandwagon, they kind of have a disappointing loss. I get that. Well, I, with top with five of the top ten, I feel like all the top teams have experienced a loss thus far. But it's really calling attention to the undefeated teams. You know, Arizona State is getting so much credit because of the wins they have with over Xavier and Kansas. Those are two great wins, and they're still undefeated at this point in the season. I, I want to mention also on Arizona State, Romello White. He he's their one big guy, sixteen points, nine boards a game. So you know, obviously they get a lot of credit for their backcourt, but I mean it's a pretty well balanced scoring team. And we're already getting the the Bobby Hurley rumors as the next Duke coach to replace Coach K at some point. And I, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about this Arizona State team. I wouldn't be surprised to see them take a major slide in the next month. But, I mean, the schedule right now, it's not that intimidating until you get to that Arizona game. And then before we move on to our starting five update, a couple of games this weekend. It's, it's kind of a boring slate the next couple of days. We're recording this on Wednesday late afternoon on the 13th, December 13th. This weekend, I'm looking one game on Saturday, one game on Sunday. I didn't even tell you guys about these before the show, but you might have noticed that they're the only two big-time, not big-time games, but they're probably the biggest ones on the slate. Kentucky hosts Virginia Tech on Saturday. Virginia Tech's 9-1. and one. And just in terms of looking at team stats this year, I haven't checked in a couple of days, but the last time I checked, Virginia Tech was... At they the top are. of the list for field goal percentage, right? And three-point field goal percentage? Vir- as it currently stands, Virginia has the number one scoring offense in Virginia all of college Tech? basketball. Virginia Tech, excuse me. Yeah, check out the percentages, too, because my computer is just in terrible shape right now, and nothing is loading for yeah, me. I mean, they're, they're, their offense has been outstanding all year, so I wouldn't be surprised. But that one loss, we were actually in a hotel, and we had it on. They lost St. to Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, which was a really disappointing. And then St. Louis got, do you see the guy? Killed by Butler. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. I mean, like it was like sixty to twenty-one at one point. Hey, I don't know gro- the growing end. pains for one of the up-and-coming A10 <laughs> and it's, squads. And it's final score ended up being, but it was like sixty to twenty-one at one point on uh, Saturday. Yeah, so I don't know. I think that if we had James Decker on for a segment that we might start up in the coming episodes, Jimmy's picks, if if he has some free time, I think Virginia Tech might be a school that he he might pick as an upset team this weekend to upset uh, North Carolina or Kentucky rather. Yep. But it, it is in Lexington, but Harvard lost by single digits recently at Kentucky, so I mean, anything can happen this Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Another, another. I don't know if this was the other game you were going to highlight, but Oklahoma at Wichita State is going to be Ooh, a great game. Ooh, that wasn't, but I like that better that, than my second pick. That's on Saturday. It's, the right, Saturday so, slate isn't so bad. Seton Hall at Rutgers. Rutgers is kind of a team that's surprising. Uh, oh, that, I like Seton Hall big. Then. Well, bad little Jersey, uh, Jersey, Jersey rivalry. rivalry. So let's, let's give our picks Oklahoma for those State games. Oklahoma State at FSU. Uh, I like Virginia Tech over Kentucky this Saturday. 
You oh, know, I like Kentucky. I, I like Kentucky as well. I think everyone's been a little down on Kentucky, but they're going to be tested upcoming. I expect a couple losses, if I'm not, not to big, Virginia I'm Tech. I'm not very big on Kentucky this year. Neither am I, but they're going to be tested. Virginia Tech, UCLA, Louisville, and Georgia coming up. So, so and then that other game, the Oklahoma-Wichita State game. Give me Wichita State, and I don't even know the timetable on McDuffie, but I know he's still out. Right? He's going to be back sooner, I think, than later, but he, he is still out right now. Yeah, I'll but take Oklahoma. It's at Oklahoma? It's at Wichita State. Oh, uh, yeah, I like Wichita State. I'll take Oklahoma and Trey Young for the W. I kind of think I like Oklahoma. I mean, they are my starting five team. I almost picked Wichita State, uh, but I'm going Oklahoma. I think Trey Young has a big showing, and that's uh, you know, a next-to-each-other state rivalry. I don't know if that's an exact term, but they are right next to each other. And what was the other game you were going to mention? Another kind of random game, but it is between two ranked teams on Sunday. I like to highlight it because Tennessee is home. They're 7-1. and one. They're hosting North Carolina, who is having a better year than people thought. I just don't know if Luke May can be the guy. And Tennessee's only lost this year. I watched them play Villanova. That was a single-digit loss in Atlantis. And they also beat Purdue on that trip. So I kind of like Tennessee a little bit this year, Grant Williams. I think Tennessee can get to 8-1 and one and give uh, North Carolina a loss this weekend, a road loss for UNC. This, this may be... Uh you know, one of the most exciting games. Currently, Ken Palm has Tennessee losing to North Carolina 81-80. to So definitely going to be a close game. I think I'm going to go with North Carolina. I, I do agree that people have been a little low on North Carolina, and this is a team, historic program. They're going to compete every year, and I think this year is no different. So Yeah, I'm taking UNC too. I think Tennessee has been a little bit overrated, and I think UNC, led by Luke May, will have a big game. But did you guys have any other games you want no, to talk that was about? It. I had one more. Go ahead, it's yeah. a starting five battle. Yeah, that'll be a nice transition. Cincinnati at UCLA. Ooh. Matt, you have Cincinnati. Dan, you have UCLA. They play 3:30 on Saturday at the Pavilion. UCLA hosting. That should be uh should be an interesting game. Cincinnati has a, a little bit of a slide recently. Uh, you know, I think the home court advantage is big there. Uh I really do. I, I like since, Cincinnati. Cincinnati struggled. They, they recently lost. But UCLA, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with my starting five team, and I'll I'll take UCLA. And I'll, I'll take That's my tough. starting five team, Cincinnati, in there. I think the defense gets it done. How many jumpers for Thomas Welsh are going to be available from the mid-range against Cincinnati? I don't know. He's we'll, lights we'll, out. <laughs> lights out. We'll, we'll find out about I'm that. I'm taking Cincinnati, too, for I don't, the record. I don't know why I got so bold with Virginia Tech and Tennessee, but hey, we'll see what happens. We've got it. <laughs> We've got it recorded now. So let's move on to the starting five because we just brought up one of my teams and one of Dan's teams. I've got 40 points right now, but before – actually, go. how many points do you guys have right now? I don't even – have no I idea have where I currently stand. Wait, let me do quick math here. I have, I have 39 wins and nine losses. What do you have? You have 39 wins? Well, I, I have 40 wins because obviously one point for each regular season win. I don't even need to go through each team. And I have one, three, five – seven ten losses so i'm right. 40 and 10 so i'm 39 and 9 so my winning percentage is better than yours so i have 41 <laughs> wins oh so wow wow <laughs> it's a heated race i was doing the math what, what are you guys at you're at 41 i'm at 40 and tom is at 39 wow wow so b- by those calculations i'm in first place this is uncharted territory for, for myself. i mean barely in first place it's basically it's so high. a lot riding on the on the starting five uh UCLA Cincinnati game is going to be big to Yeah, and if you've been uh, going back and forth to our Twitter at StudentSecPod, we still haven't posted any type of competition involving these starting five lineups. We possibly will have prizes for something at some point. At the very least, we're going to have some type of bracket challenge, I would say, at the end of the year, too. But um, just to stay with this, if you 
didn't hear our teams on the last episode, we should run them down and just maybe give a couple of comments about how they've been doing since we picked them because my five teams, actually four of my five teams, if you exclude Michigan State, have been doing terrible since I picked them. And I have Cincinnati, I have Michigan State, Cincinnati, Nevada, Valpo, and UT Arlington. So Cincinnati had two straight losses before beating Mississippi State last night. Nevada, Valpo, and UT Arlington have all lost their two games since I picked them Oof. on the student section. So I'm officially a jinx. I know we have a Valpo fan that retweeted our last episode. They're Shout now eight and you. two. I they were eight and zero when I picked them. I thought they were going to rack up wins. They lost by thirty at Purdue right after I picked them on that episode, and then they lost on a a buzzer beater against Ball State, who just beat Notre Dame and then Valpo. So a couple of good wins for Ball State. Nevada lost two to good teams, Texas Tech and TCU. And UT Arlington lost to Northern Iowa and Florida Gulf Coast. So that was the matchup of two of our guests that we had in the preseason. Brandon Goodwin had 23-5-8 for FGCU to beat Kevin Hervey's UT Arlington squad. But Kevin Hervey had 25-10. and 10, So we probably should have flown to that game. I don't, <laughs> but we didn't. I am just a jinx for all for four of my five starting five teams. Yeah, it's been almost completely the opposite for me. I mean, <laughs> not to brag, I took Arizona when they were coming off three straight losses. One of the rules was only two teams in the top 25, so Arizona fall, fell out of the top 25 when we drafted our teams. Thought it was a great opportunity for a value pick. They've won three cents. And if you look at their three losses, North Carolina State is the only glaring bad loss, and that's a game they lost by, by six. SMU and Purdue are both relatively respectable programs this year, and I think that those losses are going to be, you know, they're it not, was they're a not smart as bad pick. as they It was look. a smart pick. A little bit of a I, cheap pick. I regret but, uh, it because I picked before you in, right. in my um, first unranked pick, and I, I picked Nevada, I think, over Arizona. Yeah, you guys were quick to take the non-ranked I completely teams, forgot about Arizona. The mid-majors. Yeah, so Arizona's been a great surprise. Duke uh, lost, you know, they lost to BC. We already touched on that. Xavier lost, so... Th- both Duke and Xavier only have one loss, UCLA with two and Arizona with the three that I drafted them with. But my one uh, team that we interviewed, Trey Bellhaines in Vermont, 7-4, and four, struggling a little bit. Albany coming out of nowhere in the uh, in the American East. So big time, I don't know if Vermont's the favorite to win that yeah, conference Yeah, I said, I said Albany was going to push them. And if it's your first time listening to the show, where were you? And also I'll explain the rules real quick. <laughs> Uh, we had to pick one team, one to ten, a couple weeks ago in that AP poll. One team, eleven through twenty-five, two unranked, and then one of the eight teams that we had a player on for an interview in the preseason. So that's where all these random, so to speak, teams are coming from. And Dan is in first place on me by one point. What's UCLA's record right now, Dan? UCLA is seven set, and two. Seven and two. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean they got that matchup against Cincinnati. We actually just had a matchup not too long ago between a couple of our sides. My Cincinnati Bearcats team went to Xavier and lost, and JP Macura, JP Macura, and Mick Cronin almost killed each other. So that that was something. <laughs> Definitely, Macura is crazy, man. J- Xavier, I just love the way they play. Chris Mack is is a great coach. I think he's significantly underrated when talking about the best coaches in college basketball. We saw it last year, the Big East tournament, and even the national uh, the, the national tournament. Xavier coming back, returning some of their best players. Look for them to be a factor late this season. Yeah, I mean, J.P. McCura gets rid of the long sleeves, and all of a sudden he's co- cursing out opposing <laughs> coaches and screaming at other teams. Hey, he's a villain. He's sections. a college basketball he's like, villain. He's like, I like it. Yeah, he's like taking the Grayson Allen role, yeah. and I'm completely okay with that. 
And then my five teams, I'm barely in the rear, but Kansas, 7-2. and two, We touched on them, losses to Washington and Arizona Ooh, I forgot State. you had Kansas. Ooh. I'm not worried about Kansas. I, I like that their top guys are playing really well, and once we get Billy Preston back, I think it's going <laughs> to— like Kansas Bill is self. a team that I, I think like is one of the few is teams this, I think an, could win a national championship. Is it maybe not their year in the conference? Is it no, West I Virginia? Think so. Is this the year? West Virginia, please get Country get out of here with that. TCU sneaking Oklahoma. Out of hey, I could if, see if I, TCU. I could see no TCU. Jamie Dixon's TCU's got TCU. If they're going to lose it to anyone, hopefully it'll be Oklahoma. They're still ten and zero, and and uh, Jalen Fisher is ca- capable of carrying that team. I I could see yeah, I could see TCU. We're winning. almost we're almost in regular season uh, conference play, and once we get to the conference tournament, you get two points for a student section win with one of your teams yeah. in conference tournament play. So hopefully Oklahoma. And Kansas don't neutralize each other for you. Well, Trey Young's been lighting it up. They're seven and one. They only lost to Arkansas. Seton Hall, great pick by me. Great pick, nine and one. That was a good pick. Uh, they beat Louisville recently. Their only loss was to URI, which isn't that bad of a loss. That was a buzzer all. beater. Grand Canyon, it's seven and two. We interviewed Josh Braun from Grand Canyon. They uh, they actually lost to St. John's, and that was a game I was interested in because I have Grand Canyon. I grew up not too far from St. John's. Uh, St. John's a team that is... I thought you were going to say I grew up not too far from Grand Canyon. I was like, <laughs> that was pretty weird. You didn't bring that up when we had Josh. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but St. John's is playing playing pretty well, too. I know they've been dealing with an injury to LeVette. Their team that actually lost to Arizona State also. And then Grand Canyon also lost to San Diego. And then rounding out for me is Minnesota. They're a team that, like you, Matt, ever since I picked them, they basically can't buy a win. They lost to Miami the night we did the draft. And then <laughs> since then, they've lost to at Arkansas and at Nebraska. And last night they played Drake uh, at home. It was at Minnesota. And they only, one by they only one. won by one yeah. point. It's so pretty, it's, Dan came into my room last night where roommates were and he, he came in and he, still weird he was like he was way. like you see Minnesota lost to Drake and I was like are you serious and then I turned it he was like is no is that how you said it I are was, you serious well he was like well they're only winning by two with yeah, two minutes basically to go. the same thing I just wanted to get a, a reaction out of Tom so fortunately his team won but yeah Minnesota a win's a win a point's just, a point I feel like you guys are not on the same level uh, of bad luck as I am because if you exclude Michigan State being undefeated since I picked them, which is not that surprising considering their only loss this year was to Duke in the Champions Classic, my teams are a combined one and eight since I picked wow. them. Oof. So my other four teams. We're all neck and neck. We got I'm leading with 41, Matt with 40, and Tom with 39. This is going to be a big. Uh... Yeah. Last thing before we wrap up this episode, I don't think we're going to have time to talk about the three on three thing. We could just say that if us three played, we would probably beat whatever. Oh yeah. Three schmucks that they put out there at the sure. at the NCAA tournament this year. But that's a cool idea because we saw the big three uh, television show with like Ice Cube and yeah. all those guys. I got a great idea. We should try to. Get in it. Talk to, talk Jay Billis into let us playing as a man as the managers. You know, pretend like we're the managers. You ever see how he makes the the managers yeah. of teams play each other? We he doesn't make them. I think they will. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun and there's a lot of hype there. So maybe we can get involved with that. Right. We'll yeah. somehow try to weasel our way in. But last <laughs> so thing, catch us at the final four, basically yeah. is what we're saying. Student section takes on. Where is it at this year? <laughs> it's in Minneapolis, I believe. No, that's next year. Because they got the Super, Super Bowl this Bowl. year and then Minneapolis Final Four next year. I think it's in Texas, San Antonio, I believe. Yeah, we'll that we'll have to right. have I'll our intern uh, fact check that. We'll just, yeah, we'll delete this. It's it's in, uh, yeah, it's in San Antonio. <laughs> we'll leave it in because I had it right. At the, the Alamo time. Dome. I love the Alamo Dome. Never been there. But. All right, so we La- edited that part out. We're, we're going to wrap it up now. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Wait, you were actually planning on cutting that, right? No, no, we'll leave that in. We'll leave it we'll, all we'll in. Keep, <laughs> Let's keep rolling, we'll Dan. Keep what are you talking about? Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, so looking ahead at the section, are we not going to – we may be in a little bit of a hiatus now, right, because of winter break? 
I don't think so. I think no. we're going to grind. I mean, I'm here a lot for Fordham games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're all. Uh, I'll be around uh, for for Christmas as well. So I think the one thing we should say is that it's probably not going to be on the same day, at least for the next couple of weeks, until we can get into a second semester rhythm and we might have a, an actual day that we record on. Because we started out doing this, we were putting it out every. The interviews were coming out every every week, every Tuesday. Tuesday yeah, every Tuesday. It's not going to be on a specific day for the rest of this college basketball season, but I think we might find. Uh, and a, a particular day later on once winter break ends and all but yeah i mean we're gonna keep it rolling i am gonna try to keep getting interviews i mean we have like we we've got guys that said they would do it and then we just couldn't fit them in and then now they can't fit us in during the season so it would also not be a student section episode unless i gave a shout out to my boy tyler trillo walk on at arizona <laughs> has he ever listened to an episode oh he listens all the time maybe if we're lucky we can have him on as a guest later on in the season but you'll have to stay tuned for that all right. Anything else before we part ways with our? No, well, I was just gonna say maybe uh, come like mid January we'll start up our bracketology segment again when we look at Joe Lunardi's. Uh, yeah, ESPN I was looking at it recently. It it's just too feels early. Too early. It's Doesn't too feel early. It's too early. Right. Maybe too another early. month or so we get conference action going. We'll start to give our final four picks and stuff based off that. But otherwise, let's I don't know, everyone enjoy enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the new year. The one, yeah, the one thing that I'll say on the bracketology thing is I sometimes when I see it, I just double check to make sure all five of my starting five teams are still projected to make the tournament. And I've been successful with that all year so far. So bravo. Congrats. I'll, I'll take that. Actually, I mean, I haven't checked this week's Valpo is probably not projected to make the tournament anymore. Yeah, probably not. So, yeah, that doesn't really work anymore. So for now, <laughs> everyone out there, just start thinking about who the possible guest that played in the inaugural PK-80 Classic that also played on my high school freshman basketball team might be in the coming weeks on the student section. And remember, be a fan of the student section.